This is Real Estate Rookie, episode number 84. I'm Ashley, and I am here with Tony Robinson. We are your co-hosts of the Real Estate Rookie podcast. And today we are back with another episode of the Rookie Reply. So, Tony, what is going on today? <laughs> yeah, life is good today. I can't complain. You know what? Actually, I haven't told you this yet, but I got recognized in person for the first time by a bigger pocket like audience member. I was at my brother-in-law's restaurant. Oh, you can restaurant. say fan. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was at my brother-in-law's restaurant. He owns a restaurant here in SoCal. And someone comes up to me and they're like, hey, are you Tony Robinson? I'm like, I am Tony Robinson. How did you know that? And then, yeah, he said, oh, I listen to the podcast. So, Are you sure they didn't say, or oh, are you Tony Robbins? <laughs> he was like, aren't you Ashley's co-host? Like, I can't really remember what your name was, but I'm not here. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's so cool. I bet it was really nice to talk real estate a little bit yeah, with him. Just for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. So let's get into our rookie reply today. Today, we're going to be talking about inherited tenants and what it is like when you purchase a property and there's tenants already in place. So today's Facebook question now, we pulled it from the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. So if you are not a member, make sure you search Real Estate Rookie on Facebook and join our group. We are continuously growing every day. Tony, what are we around like 30,000 members? Yeah, we're a little over 30,000, I think now. So it's creeping yeah. up every day. And what's more important, guys, is that it's a very active group as well. Like Ash and I talk about this, like sometimes we try and go into the group to add value, but so many people have already commented on posts that there's not even a whole lot <laughs> for us to say that hasn't already yeah. been said. So super engaged in an active group for sure. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Okay, so today's question is, when you purchase a property with a tenant already in the middle of their lease, can you increase their rent or do you have to wait until their lease is up? So that's pretty straightforward answer is depends on the lease. Is it a month to month lease or a one year lease or a two year lease? So if their lease is not up yet, you have to wait until their lease is up. If they're on a month to month lease, you can give them notice that you're going to increase their rent or you can give them notice that when their lease is up, you are going to increase it. If say they have six months left on the lease and look at your state laws, because some states like New York state, They have different requirements as of the time period for you to give notice that you're not going to renew a lease or that you are going to increase the rent. So I believe in, I don't know exactly, but it's something like if the person has lived there for less than a year, it's 30 days notice. If they live there for two years, it's 60 day notice. Any longer than that, you have to give maybe 90 days notice. So make sure you know your state laws and regulations too, when you are giving notice that you're going to increase the rent. Tony, what do you have to add? Yeah, I guess the only thing I'd add is that sometimes there are situations where maybe there isn't a lease in place, right? Like the owner, the landlord, the current owner doesn't know where it's at or can't remember what it was. And I haven't purchased a property where I've inherited a tenant, but in talking with some of my other investing friends, one of the things they use is called an estoppel agreement. And basically you just get the current party. So the owner, the landlord, and the current tenant to sign the estoppel agreement saying, hey, here's what we believe the current terms of the lease to be. That way, when you step into it as the owner, you're not kind of surprised by, oh, the owner told me that this is what was happening, but the tenant thinks that this is what's happening. And then you're kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. So an estoppel agreement is a way to kind of get past that ambiguity. Do you want to spell that for us real quick? Yeah, I actually have to look it up too because I wasn't sure either. But no, it's, it's E S T O P P E L. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah. you got it. No, That's I have it. used these before and I'm so glad you brought that up. I didn't even think about that, but that is such great advice. And you can just Google it online. That's what I did when I used one. But yeah, it is great to verify what that seller is telling you, especially if they don't have a written lease. That's such a great point. And you can do that before closing. Ask the seller's permission to send these and you send them to the tenant and you have them mail them back to you directly or maybe you meet them in person. But that way you're getting a sense of what they think that their lease terms are and what they say so that if there is a mismatch of information from the tenant and the seller, you can figure that out before you actually close on the property. Because there's been instances where I've taken over management of a building and they've said, well, my security deposit was this much. I put this much more down and I actually had to pull out the estoppel agreement and say, here, you signed that it was this amount way back then, even though you didn't have a lease agreement with that landlord. So definitely can be very useful to you and also getting the condition of the property too. 
Yeah, always good to just kind of CYA and make sure you're covering all your bases in that sense. Ash, I guess I want to get your opinion on something, right? So right now we're still kind of in the middle of this pandemic. There's still a lot of eviction moratoriums going on in places. Would you be more hesitant today to purchase a property with an inherited tenant than you would be early 2020? Let me tell you a quick little side story first. So I saw this news article and it was from uh, Lancaster, which is outside of Buffalo, New York. And a landlord had two tenants inside that were not paying rent. And so he spray painted their names on the roofs so that everybody that drove by could see that so-and-so owes me $11,000 in rent. <laughs> and it made the news and it's a big controversy. Like, was this right for him to do or not to do? But yeah, that's our property management company had sent an email to the owner recently just saying like this is going to be really detrimental to a lot of landlords not getting rent and not being able to evict. So for me personally, if I was buying a property with inherited tenants, I would do the estoppel agreement and I would ask the seller what's rent at. And that's something to put on the estoppel agreement too. When's the last time you paid? And you can also ask for bank statements to verify that the tenants actually did pay. So if they were paying tenants, I would purchase the property. If they were not paying tenants, I would look at, am I getting a deep, 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 deep discount? And can I offer them cash for keys, give them $1,000, pay for them to get a U-Haul and help them move somewhere else? So that would be my take on it. But I definitely wouldn't stop buying or stop looking at properties just because there was inherited tenants in there. We're looking at a property in Joshua Tree right now off of like some direct to seller marketing that we've been doing. And the owner lives like, I don't know, somewhere on the East Coast. And he's like, hey, you guys can have the property for almost whatever price you can figure out if you can get these squatters out of the property. He was like, I don't really know how long they've been there. Like he's got no grasp of what's actually happening there. So we're going to see if we can, like you said, maybe offer him some cash for keys to get out. And then we will get the property at a pretty steep discount because he just kind of wants yeah. it off of his hands. So ways you to have creative. to keep us all updated on this and how this pans <laughs> out for you. <laughs> We're also a little nervous to go to the property because he doesn't even really know who these people are. Like they're going to try and run us off when we right. get there. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Huh. Well, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys see me posting on my Instagram story, running out of breath in the desert hills of Joshua Tree, you'll you'll know why. Doing your last testimonial on (laughs) an Instagram live. (laughs) My name is Tony Robinson. It is May 25th at 4 p.m. I'm being chased through Joshua Tree. Okay, well, we've gotten way off track for today's rookie reply, but we hope we give you guys some a little bit of tips, tricks, and advice for dealing with an inherited tenant. But do not be scared of an inherited tenant. If you're going in and you're looking at properties before you're purchasing, you can see if they're taking care of the property. You can talk to the neighbors to see if they are a problem tenant, if issues do come up, if the cops do come there. So there's definitely ways to do your due diligence because. Buying a property with tenants in place can be really nice because you're getting that cash flow right away and you don't have to place a tenant in there. Hey, anything else, Tony? No, no. I think you hit it all, Ash. I feel like we gave him a lot of good stuff today. Thank you guys for listening to today's Rookie Reply. I am Ashley at Wealth From Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And even though he was just spotted recently, he did have another huge compliment here was David Green host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast complimented him on his 
smooth I'm my voice. smooth DJ radio. Hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I 100% agree with. <laughs> well, thank you guys. And we will be back on Wednesday with another episode. Getting started in real estate can be daunting. There's so much to know, obstacles to overcome, lessons to learn, and risks to avoid. It can all be so overwhelming. If you're feeling motivated to invest, but too overwhelmed to take action, here's some advice. Take it one step at a time. And here's some good news for you. The Rookie Bootcamp is starting on May 20th, and Tyler and Ashley will be guiding you through each and every step until you're the proud, confident owner of your first investment property. Through eight action-packed weeks, they'll guide you step-by-step through those first questions, decisions, and obstacles that every beginner investor must overcome. So if you're serious about becoming an investor this year, head to biggerpockets.com step and join us in the Rookie Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.